Your band sounds great, but how does it look? No one knows if you're in the dark. Light up your gigs with Chauvet DJ. Chauvet DJ is the brand of affordable and easy-to-use entertainment lighting that can help your band rise above the competition with great-looking and dynamic visual stage looks. From pack-and-go lighting systems that set up and tear down in seconds to Bluetooth-enabled lighting, with the touch of a button or step on a foot pedal, Chauvet DJ has your gig lighting covered. You rock the gig, Chauvet DJ will make sure the crowd sees you do it. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. That's C-H-A-U-V-E-T-D-J.com. Man, that intro. What about it? I, I, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Cover Band Confidential podcast listeners? This is the Cover Band Confidential <laughs> podcast. <laughs> The podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. So literal tonight. So literal. Yeah. That's just where I'm at. <clears throat> Hello, human I beings. I don't know if you can tell this, but I don't sound any better. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot. <laughs> no. A little bit better. <clears throat> but it's definitely uh, something that we can discuss uh, because we were going to kind of do a little recap of how our weekends went. Well, here we are. So why don't you go ahead? Okay. So a couple of things. The show that we did on Saturday was a re- uh, repeat show for a repeat customer. Um, the last time we played their event, it rained. And this uh, this time it rained as well. Mm. The difference between this gig and that gig were a couple of things. One, um, it was uh, 20 degrees colder because the last time we did it was in August. And the other thing was they did not have a tent set up before we got there, Um, which made it a bit more problematic to get set up this last time or the first time. This time, the, um, the tent was already set up and it had sides on it. So we were more or less protected from the elements okay um it it was on an outdoor patio um and and there was for all intents and purposes a stage because it was kind of a raised section you know how amber had said you know if i can get four inches off the ground that still feels substantial right. that's basically where we were um we were a bricks height above everybody else yep um and there was some water running underneath um certain things um we had to be kind of creative our our front of house was sitting on a boogie board in a planter huh. uh, because we didn't have any two by fours. And uh, we put some plastic sheeting down under our uh, subwoofers because there was definitely water running through that area. Um, so th- all those challenges aside, um, we were able to get set up pretty easily um, and had a lot of downtime. They took very good care of us. They are super generous people. We had a pool house for a green room, cool, which is pretty, pretty swank. And, um, you know, nice spread uh, of food and drinks for everybody. Um, and the show itself was bananas. People had a really good time, uh, had a good turnout. Um, people had lots to drink, and um, a merry time was had by all. Um, however, a couple of things. Uh, good things first. Um, we, this was a gig where we played uh, as a four-piece, and I was the only guitar player. And um, all the things that I felt like I really, like, borked the first time I tried that gig, um, mostly guitar solos and things, I felt like I really had a mastery of, and it Great. felt way more comfortable. Fantastic. Uh, also concerning, you know, I was doing that completely sober. Um, 
I didn't feel overly nervous or anything like that. So um, it kind of showed me, hey, maybe you don't need to drink to take the edge off um, to play shows. Um, Yeah, something to consider. Sure. Um, As far as my voice goes, uh, I said a lot of things last week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Primarily about, you know, if if you're singing the way that things that happen in your, you know, in your head while you're sick, don't really affect the way you sing. Um, and that is technically true. But, um, the thing that you, you don't necessarily take into consideration is the swelling, um, of the, uh, soft tissues in your head. Mm. Um, primarily things around your sinuses and your soft palate. Um, if you are excessively coughing, um, those things get swollen Yep, and it made certain things, um, a bit more challenging. Uh, and I will say, um, given the state that I was in, I felt like I did a pretty good job. Um, but four songs before our last note, we were playing, uh, your love body outfield. And that's one of the songs that we're pretty proud about the fact we do that in the original key. And sure. um, that's my wife challenge. and I, my wife and I swap lines on that. Hmm. Um, I made it, I I'm, I sing the first, the first half of the verse, uh, up until the, I just want to use your love tonight. And about three quarters uh, through that first line, my voice said, okay, <laughs> you've had your fun. And I just kind of, I gave Amber a look and I was like, okay, you're on this. And she, <laughs> her eyes got real big, but she, uh, she managed to, to stick to it. And the last four songs, it was kind of a matter of me trying to patch in where I could and her going, you don't need to do this. I've got this. Yeah. Um, and just kind of finding a balance there. Um, the, the real challenge was sweet child of mine, which we <laughs> played right immediately after that one. Yeah. Um, cause she was not prepared to sing that song. Um, but she had done it before and, um, we, we, we pressed on and I, I helped where I could. Um, but we made it happen and, uh, they were, super pleased with the result and you know got lots of compliments handed out a bunch of cards um had an open invitation to like we want to do this every single year so a lot of good stuff yeah very good so um and then another just fun thing that happened um you know i've got my book my you're a badass at making money book yes and um the end of the last chapter i uh i finished there was a thing that said uh, the challenge was uh, meditate uh, every day for five minutes and think about, you know, the stuff that you want to do and the things you want to accomplish and how money could help you do that. And so I did that right before I walked into work. And today at work, I got two inquiries uh, through the agency website. Wow. Don't, cool. don't really know what that means. <clears throat> it's serendipitous. I mean, apparently the universe coincidental at best, but I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we are pattern recognition creatures. Yep. Yeah. We, Ca- that's cause and effect is the soup we swim in. Absolutely. So I'm going to do it. All right. And 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 we'll see what happens. Good. So uh, I know you got a lot of stuff you want to talk about. Very well, I got exciting a few things. things. I got a few yeah. things. Um, let's see. The first is <clears throat> I, told, I shared a couple weeks ago about how I had uh, bitten the bullet and ordered uh, custom molded in ears. Yes. Um, I am presently wearing them right now, and your lovely voice, such as it is, 
is coming into my ear canals directly right now through them. I'm sorry. No, it's well, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of this low end roll off, uh, that I'm getting on my end is much fuller on your side. It's, it's rich and gorgeous. It is. And, uh, <clears throat> I use them at a show on Friday night and, um, it is a complete game changer. I can't even, it is. I can't even begin. It's, it's, um, first of all, they don't feel like anything. Yeah. Like at all. They don't, I, I, I can, if I think about it, I can feel that they're in, but they're not, they don't feel like they take up space in my head. You know, they're, 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 they're just, they're there in a way that it's just it's unobtrusive. Just yeah. They just don't feel like anything. And then, yeah. um, I, it was the first show I've played with in-ears where I wasn't fiddling with them all night long. They just were where they needed to be, stayed there, sounded fantastic. Um, um, <laughs> in the middle of that show, it was kind of a weird show. We were playing my drummer's kids' high school homecoming. So we were playing, we were in the corner of the parking lot, playing out across a parking lot full of tailgaters. Yep. Um, and getting no feedback from any, we could barely see anyone. I mean, they were all in tents and stuff by their cars. Um, presumably enjoying it. We got good feedback after, but like as we played, there was like not only no response from the audience, there was no visible audience. Um, occasionally somebody would walk by and sort of bob their head at us or mouth some words along with us. But for the most part, you know, we finish a song and there'd be no noise. And, <laughs> you know, once we understood that was the gig, it stopped being weird. But, um, but in the middle of it, I remembered your story from many moons ago about playing in your in-ears and the front of house died, but you didn't notice it because the in-ears were still alive. And so a couple of times yep. I just like had to pull these out to just make sure I was still making noise into the parking lot because, they so isolate. They're so well sealed. Like I would never know. I would never know if there was some problem in the front of house. Yeah. Um, feedback I would hear cause it would come into my mix too. But, um, yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Really, really, really amazing. I, uh, I am, uh, excited to use them for my next show. Yeah. You want to talk how unobtrusive they feel. Wait until, um, they get caught on something oh, and, yeah, and pull, pull your, pull your head down. Yeah. No, I can imagine that happening. Yeah. Yeah. It, it they, uh, it, it's a dual edged sword, um, because they are comfortable and they are isolating and that is what they are designed to be. Yep. Um, but there are trade-offs to that for sure. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, <clears throat> there are times you don't want to be all that isolated. It's just right. A fact of it. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of struggling with. Um, I've mine broke, and I I need to get them either repaired or replaced. Um, but you know, trying to scrounge up my nickels and dimes to uh, to make that happen, and uh, you know, it's it's a big investment. Even as a yeah. person who knows the benefit of them, who who wore them all the time for years and years and years, um, you know, having to shell out another seven to nine hundred dollars, it it you know, it's not easy to do. Sure. And then yeah. you got to schedule, you know, a goo appointment. A goo appointment for your for your ear holes. And that's another fifty bones. Yep. You know, I have the um, All Clear Tour Triple dri- Triple Driver, which are five hundred. Yep. And um, you know, I think for my purposes, they're fine. The price is certainly right compared to. I mean, you could go up to three thousand. Yeah, I mean, I- I've got one of two options. They can either rehouse the existing drivers I have, which is like three hundred bucks. Or 
I could get like a newer, better pair, you know, like right. I'm going with 64 audio because that's what I originally had. Sure. Um, and they've got like the apex ones with like the, um, the ambient kind of filters that, you know, kind of relieve the in-ear pressure and all of that stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily worth an extra 300 bucks or if I should just cut my losses and get the ones I've got rehoused. Um, haven't decided. So, yeah. Well, I don't know what you'll pick, but I will say for anyone who's um, getting your foot wet on in-ears, you know, for sure, universals are the way in, the first step at that. But man, oh man, it is a, it is a, it's like putting on glasses for the first time. It's, it's incredible. Custom molded. Indeed. It's, it's Agreed. a whole different thing. Absolutely. Strong, strong recommend. Cool. Um, <clears throat> now, meanwhile... The night, the, the night before that parking lot show, I had another show at a at a venue in Charlotte um, that, uh, for purposes of this conversation, will remain nameless. But I did mention its name last episode. You did, um, and uh, it had all the makings of being a great venue. It's um, plenty of space, good stage. Um, I can't tell if their house sound was any good uh, because um, of uh, for sure. Our experience of their monitoring environment was not great, but there are a lot of things that could have factored into that. But that was not the issue. Um, we were going to be on from nine to midnight, and it's Charlotte, so it's an hour and a half away from me. Um, house sounds, so I didn't have to bring the whole PA, but I did um, email with the sound tech about bringing our um, mixer rack mainly to be a player for tracks. Um, so, you know, the plan was to give him left and right channels on a pair of boxes and, um, take those right into his board and he would include those in the monitoring and the house sound as appropriate. Um, the morning of my bassist, Scott said, Hey, there's some other band opening for us. And I look on their website and sure enough, there is, we're on nine to midnight and there's another band on seven to eight. Um, a band called the Higgs, H I G G S. And um, so it's interesting. It's a change from what I understood the show would be, but it's fine. You know, they've told us to load in at eight. So presumably that means that we'll be there for a changeover from eight to nine and start at nine. It's all good. So, um, not knowing the place or what parking's like or anything like that. I got down there nice and early, going to eat some dinner there and, and whatnot. Um, and I get in there about seven ish, six, six forty five, and the Higgs are sort of milling around. Um, and I chat with them. They're from California. They're on their first tour. Um, they're an originals oh, wow. jam band out of California. This is their first time ever being like really out of California. Um, and the sound guy who I'd been emailing with is nowhere to be found. And perfect. <laughs> as I talk more with them, it turns out that he didn't know that they were booked to start at seven. He'd never heard of them. So surprised to him the way it was to us. Um, and he's on his way. So, he gets there about three minutes to seven, which is when so they're supposed to start at seven. Good grief. And so he's like apologizing to us for the confusion and he's going to rework the night and get us started. You know, what if you guys are 10 to 12, 1230 instead of nine to midnight? And, you know, what's another half hour on the road at 2 a.m.? Uh, you know, okay. Um, and he gets the Higgs started. Let's see. An hour late. They start at eight. 
And then instead of going an hour, they go 90 minutes. So they're off now at 930. Uh, meanwhile, I've had some people who I know in Charlotte who've come, but it's like a Thursday night and they're not real excited about staying till 1230. They weren't, they weren't gonna anyway. Um, so the point of all of this, so, you know, we end up doing a turnaround. They are, they are, um, uh, class act, the Higgs, they got their stuff off real fast and we ended up doing a turnaround that got us playing by about 10 after 10. I simplified our whole setup. I took the tracks out. I did not have drum and bass on in-ears the way we had set up to be. We just went live with their system and, um, the stage mix was pretty crummy, um, compared to, I mean, certainly after in-ears were very spoiled. Um, and we got through the night and we had a fun time. It was a fun show and, um, the energy was good until about 11 and then, Right at 11, everyone left. So I think that was, you know, Thursday night behavior. Um, and we only played till midnight because we had people to get home to go to work in the morning. And we just, and there was nobody, there was like half a dozen people left. There's no, no point going on. Um, but it was, it was a fun show. The, the reason I share all these, all these, you know, things that, that go wrong is that, um, this, this live music game is, uh, I think one of the most important skills you can develop is the ability to roll with it. You know, you rolled with it when your voice went out the other night and, um, uh, for sure I was rolling with it all night long and, and, you know, dealing with my frustration and my surprise and my disappointment and, um, and then trying to just, you know, looking to make it work, looking to simplify my show, um, take out the parts that were going to make the turnaround longer. um, and, um, you know, that's the kind of thinking you have to do sometimes in this business because stuff just, um, <laughs> one of our better episodes, I'm prouder of, of some others called, uh, the show must go wrong. It must. And, uh, it all comes down to like most of what it is to be a performer comes down to how you handle it when it goes wrong. So that is my story about this weekend. It was uh, very much a gone wrong kind of gig that we turned around and had a great time. And the people who were there loved us and, uh, uh, and then went to bed. So, yeah, it, it is super important to be able to roll with the punches, um, because things, you know, especially in situations where you are not in charge, you're not in ultimate control of the, uh, the end result. Right. And, um, you, that, that was the only option you had. It was okay. There's a band now. Okay. The, uh, the sound guy didn't know about it. Okay. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, th- that's one of those things. I feel, I feel two ways about it. Um, there are some musicians who are like, I can't do this until all of these things are, are done. Things have to be perfect. They have to be a certain way or I'm just not, it's not happening. Um, I can understand how somebody would take that approach um, because they want to do the best job that they can do and they need certain things in order to do that. Um, I'm not one of those people typically. Right, right. I'm one of those, okay, well, this isn't working. Um, let's, you know, grip it and rip it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and it, that's just, I've got 20 plus years of playing on the road in, in very, very different situations. And, you know, sometimes that's just, that's your only option. So, um, well, I mean, it's, unless you're going to stomp out, 
<laughs> that's your option. You know, you, you make it work. That's, uh, you know, yeah. or, or you don't, but then you're that guy who didn't make it work. Right. So, you know, the number of times I've <clears throat> had to, I don't know, call some audible or, or I don't know, uh, the wireless died. So we're going cabled tonight or just stuff that, that you got to be prepared to, you know, roll with it, roll with it, roll. It's my, my second favorite Steve Winwood song. What's the first one? Every kind of people, obviously. Really? Yeah. Not higher love or. Eh. Ah, I like that. Give but... me some loving. I mean, it's Steve Winwood though. It's, you know, Spencer Davis, but we all know who it is. Yeah. I can't find my way home. It's pretty good. I don't know. I've, I've always been quite partial to higher love. I, I do like that song. Did you see they actually some some they they did like an EDM version. It's back on the radio. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um it's some female artist doing it with like an EDM back, you know, back beat or whatever. Okay. It's not terrible, but it's not those songs are good because Steve Winwood sounds like Steve Winwood. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, nobody can quite do it like Steve Winwood. Agreed. Agreed. Well, uh my sincere apologies for your uh, challenging Hey, we got through events. it. We got through it. We got through it. And yep. um, some people who have been saying they were going to come to Greensboro and hear me play did not have to come to Greensboro. There you go. Plus, next time I come, they will, they're they going to drag like a dozen more people. So that's that's good. Starting to build the Charlotte fan base. So, you know, I guess the, the next question would be, would you go back to that place? I would, I would, and 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 I actually emailed the guy who booked us and said, you know, listen, I want to give props to the sound guy who, you know, did his best with a really challenging situation, and uh, I'd like to have an opportunity to show you guys what we can really do when things are going right. Yeah, and uh, I have not heard back from him. So <laughs> sometimes knows? they need they need a cooling off bear because they're embarrassed. Yeah, with the way that things are going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all right. I mean, I know I know that the um, the staff spoke well of us. I know the sound guy spoke well of us. Um, so, you know, in the aggregate, these things will end up sort of leading to bookings. So, it's typically how that goes. Yep. Well, very good. It takes a lot of work to get people to a gig. When they do show up, make sure they can see you. Put your band in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ, entertainment lighting that is affordable, reliable, easy to use and set up and tear down. But most of all, Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that creates better audience experiences at your gigs by adding dynamic visual looks and moods to perfectly suit the music you're playing. Imagine dramatic color changes, dynamic strobes and chases, and even blackouts at the end of songs. All possible with just a step on a foot pedal or the touch of a button on a mobile device using Chauvet DJ's Bluetooth or DMX technology. Being in a cover band is a performing art that uses audio and visual production. So don't rock in the dark. Set your band apart from the competition with professional lighting you can load right into your car along with all your other gear. Small effort, big results. Don't just rock. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. This episode of Cover Band Confidential is sponsored by Bob's Angry Pins. Now, I first encountered Bob's Angry Pins via an ad they ran on Facebook. And the first thing that struck me was their pricing. Get this. Bob's Angry Pins will send you 100 inch and a quarter pins for $20. Total deal. 
Then I went to their Facebook page, which you can find by searching Facebook for Bob's Angry Pins or by following the link in the show notes. And I saw the great work they do. Full color, 300 DPI, photo quality prints, and heavy duty pin hardware. Cheap and fast shipping looked promising. Ordering couldn't have been easier. They handle it all through Facebook Messenger. Just hit them up and coordinate sending in your art. You can either send them fully built print-ready files or work with them to design your pins from your graphical components. They'll send you back a proof for your approval. Then a day or two later, you get a picture of your produced pins. A couple more quick days to ship, and ta-da, you are in the pin business. They were responsive and easy to get a hold of the whole way through, and I couldn't have been happier with the pins I received. I used the pins I got from Bob's Angry Pins for a lot of reasons. I've sold a few, but mostly they've been giveaway handouts to audience members or attachments to marking materials or leave behinds on gig hunting outings. Maybe bonuses I've thrown in with some online merch orders, that sort of thing. At this cost point, you can hand them out like candy. It's a piece of cake. But the best feedback I ever got on them was the day the manager at a local brewery booked us for monthly shows throughout 2019. She was actually wearing the pin we left her on the strap of her overalls. She said she'd been looking for, for like a steady house band, and she talked to lots of people, but what she loved about us was we personally came, showed up, talked to her, and left her some pins. Boom. There it is. The power of pins. Bob's Angry Pins is offering a special discount for listeners of Cover Band Confidential. Mention the discount code CBC2019 when you're setting up your order. You'll get 10% off their already ridiculous pricing. How can you not act on that? Bob's Angry Pins, y'all. Go get you some pins. So um, earlier on today, uh, I reached out in the Coverman Confidential uh, Facebook group um, about uh, topics you would want to hear us talk about. Um, we got a few, so wanted to just take a few moments to uh, to talk about a couple of those um, and see if we can add anything to the discussion. Sure. Um, or or not. I guess we'll see. I guess. So <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to Dave Snow, who's apparently um, trying to play catch up. Um, said, I can't suggest anything till I catch up on the previous episodes. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Um, I, I will say that um, I relish people playing catch up. Dave is a part of a 90s group in um, in our area called Dial Up. Um, they're kind of just getting their feet wet, but they're, uh, they're old buddies of mine, and uh, I wish them well. Uh, Nathan says, what's the current market like for everyone? Uh, I've talked to a few others who've said it's been a slow season for them. Do you know Nathan? Um, I do know Nathan. Nathan is the drummer for members only. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's a reflection on how uh, how good of a job I'm doing on booking shows. Um, but yeah, we've we've got we've got stuff uh, booked between now and November and December. But um, it's definitely felt like the back half of the year uh, was not as busy as it was the year before. But on the flip side, it felt like our first quarter of this year was way more busy um, than it was last year. And um, the inquiry I got today was actually for first quarter of next year. So cool. um, it's just, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot. But uh, Bobby in the group also kind of uh, concurred. Um, been pretty slow for uh, for him the past couple of months. So it's, you know, it goes without saying. Um, different markets have different kind of seasons. Um, you know, we had said that we were seeing uh, a bit of a slowdown after the Super Bowl, because a lot of companies who do corporate events had spent their, you know, their yearly allotment on Super Bowl parties because it was in Atlanta. Um, and there's all kinds of these varying factors, um, you know, so it might be that way for you um, or it may be super busy for you right now. So it really just kind of depends on where you're at. Um, I would say that we are, um, we're pretty busy. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, I think it, it depends on a number of factors. I think um, where you are and what you do and um, your price point can definitely contribute to those things. Sure. Let's see. Steve Graves um, said, one of the bands I play with puts out a songbook and a little piece of paper that folks can request songs on. People write the request, put them in the tip jar, usually with a tip. And the requests that come in without a tip usually don't get looked at unless they're already on the set list. Um, just want to know if that's part for the course or if any other bands do that. Uh, they also take tips with Venmo, um, which uh, I've talked about before. Um, and I've started a couple doing guys that. Chi- yeah, a couple of guys have chimed in and said... Um, couple of guys say that they do that um you know for acoustic gigs that's definitely the case a lot of people do that kind of thing um live bands it's a it's a bit more challenging because it really breaks up the flow of the show if you're stopping in between every song to look in a jar um there are a couple of apps and services that do that kind of thing yeah um the one that comes off the top of my head, I don't know if it exists still. It's called Songs We Play. Yes, it does. It does. And another one is called My Song List. Um, yeah. I've looked at both of those and they're both kind of interesting. They both are essentially, um, My Song List is a whole app thing that will actually video stream your show and uh, um, take requests, take digital tips. Uh, it's pretty slick. I've never used it in real practice, but I know it's a thing. Yeah, uh, Songs We Play is kind of the same kind of deal. Um, you basically set up a page with your song list, and it uses geotagging to uh, get people to uh, know that you're at this particular spot. Yep. Um, it, it's it's a really cool idea. Um, I was looking to see if there was any way to kind of like custom kind of brand it, and I had spoken with the developers. This was a couple of years ago, and um, they weren't quite there yet. And to be perfectly honest, I have not kept up. Um, but it's a cool idea. What I was kind of wanting to do at some point was basically like, like a TRL style set. So like you basically had like a a monitor or a TV on stage that let people see a visual representation of the voting Mm. so that they could see which song was coming next and they could get on their phones or get their friends to get on their phones to kind of help push songs in different directions. Um, that's not, they weren't quite ready to do that. And I don't know if that's changed, but I thought that that was a really fun idea that would, re- that would kind of like motivate people to participate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that was something that I had thought about at some point, but again, I, more ideas that I can't monetize. That's right. just, you know, right. the name of the game right. for me. Right. Uh, if any of you guys do that, please let us know. Um, we'd love to hear any sort of best practices, um, you know, with a, with a live band karaoke set, situation you have kind of an MC or a host that helps facilitate those kinds of um at least the turnaround on uh singers and that kind of thing. Yep. Um but I haven't seen much about like an actual just full on band that does that regularly. Right. Let's see. Moving along. Doug McPherson, who has been uh very participatory in the group. Yes. Uh Thoughts on recording rehearsals gigs as a matter of practice? How many do that? Do people use a USB into a DAW or just a phone? Um, we do it when we remember to turn <laughs> it on. Um, the X32, uh, you can purchase a card that lets you record multi into um, SD cards automatically without, yep. a, without an interface or computer. Um, when it works, it works great. And when it doesn't or you forget to do it, it doesn't work very well at all. Yeah, UI24R. 
uh, mixer from Soundcraft that I have does that onto a USB stick. That does pretty good, but that's not how I used to do it. I used to do it with a little zoom camera. Um, cause video is good to have too. Yeah. Um, the problem with, <clears throat> in principle, I like this a lot in principle. I think it's a really important thing to be able to, and by the way, I, I would do video if you're going to do it because, yeah. um, how you look when you perform is just as much a thing to rehearse. Um, however, what we found was that we ended up with all of these files from all these rehearsals that nobody was going to sit down and watch and um, take up lots of space, all kinds of space. And I think, I think one time, like I went and found something in particular when I wanted to sort of build evidence for a case I was making about how a thing was going. Um, but uh Apart from that, it just really was not as valuable as I wanted it to be. But I think that um, I think that if you had better habits around it than we had, and probably a better way to distribute them than we had, um, that would be that would be probably pretty valuable. I could imagine s- setting up each member's phone individually so they go home with their own phone full of notes. Um, I can see that would be very useful. For sure. Yeah. I learned a lot and it was uh, not always super comfortable um, from watching videos of myself rehearse. Yeah. It, I think you, you kind of nailed it. You, you hit it right in the head with the whole, like, nobody's going to listen to this. Uh, that was my experience. Yeah. Um, and then it just turned into me going, all right, I listened to it and you played this wrong and you sang this wrong and you played this wrong. And then you're that guy. And then you're like, okay, well now I have to be like, I have to say something bad about me. Yeah, to kind of like balance it out, and but it's I'm just perfect, kind of like so. No, it just it, it turned me. It made me feel like a butthole, so I stopped doing <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Um, now, recording live shows—that's a different story. I think there's value to that. Oh, um, totally. For promo purposes, and also just for educational. Absolutely. Um, or if Absolutely. somebody screws up, it's really funny to share amongst. <clears throat> it's fun to share amongst your bandmates. Yeah, at the Christmas party, put it up on a big TV. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I do think recording shows is super duper valuable even if, you know, you're not going to get good audio and something you could make into a promo. I think the learning from that is tremendous. So I strongly recommend that. But, you know, most of us rehearse weekly if we're in a serious rehearsal mode and um I I ain't got the space for that. Yeah. Understood. Um but yeah, that was kind of the, there was a lot of like methodology about that. Um most digital boards uh from the xr18 up do multi uh via usb mm-hmm. so you can either do that into a um an external hard drive an sd card or um into a laptop running a daw of some kind mm-hmm. reaper got thrown around um i'm a logic pro guy i really like logic um doesn't really matter it's they're all just different tools to do the same job yep um, Dan Grayson, uh, wants to just let us know that it's messed up, that nobody sounds like Chris Cornell. Um, he's right. He's, he's not wrong, but I know at least four guys that can pull that off. Um, and I'm not here to toot my own horn and I definitely couldn't do it right now, but I, I, I've done hunger strike quite a few times, uh, on some Chris Cornell tributes. I've done the day I tried to live. I've done, um, pretty noose. I've done a, a few of those tunes. Spoon man. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then I think one for us to, uh, wrap up on, uh, merits of mixing up a set list, uh, every show versus playing the same set repeatedly. Yep. Adam Moskowitz. Um, 
who has been tuning in quite a bit. He actually hit us up on the live stream that I did uh, this afternoon on the way home. Cool. Um, and kind of in the midst of that, you know, rehearsing existing repertoire versus adding new songs, um, arrangement choices for fading out on recorded. So it sounds like Adam is kind of in the process of spinning something up. Yeah. I don't think either of us um, have much to say about his horn section question. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I, we play tuned down a half step. So apparently we like every horn section would hate us. Um, <laughs> anyway, concert B. Yeah. No, um, a, concert A. God help you. Mixing up the set list every show. Um, we do that to a certain degree. Um, but there's probably, I'd say 80% of the tunes that are in our set we play every single time. Yep. Just because that's the way it goes. Uh, we might change the order up, but um, a solid 80% is is going to be, there's going to be some holdovers every show. Yeah, I would I say that we, it, um, we're about the same way. And it's, if we have shows back to back and we're not rehearsing between them, I some and they're not at the same venue. I will sometimes rerun the same set list, literally. And it, and part of that is because our set list is designed in phases. Kind of flu- and yeah, yeah it's, it's be like, kind of fluid. It tells a story. You know, it's like it's yeah. designed in a particular way and just shuffling it wouldn't have the same impact. So, yeah. Um, but <laughs> the downside of that is you get kind of sick of it. It's kind of a twofold thing. Um, you can get really into the groove and you, you know, you, you feel um, – the momentum kind of swinging and you know where things are going. Um, that can feel really powerful if you are well rehearsed and it's, 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 it's a well-worn set. Um, especially if you're in a, like an environment where the, the crowd is receptive to it. I've been in situations where like we've, we are playing a really like well thought out set in a full room and it feels, it feels really powerful Yep, because there is no doubt that what you're doing is crushing and it's, you know, what's coming next and you know that you're building on something. Um, I think that is, that can be really amazing. But like you said, um, it can also feel kind of soul sucking, um, especially if it's like the sixth show in a row and you're playing to a half empty place and no one's paying attention. Like, uh, right, right, right. I think it all kind of varies on some other factors. Um, rehearsing existing repertoire versus adding new songs. Don't really rehearse repertoire, existing repertoire a whole lot. Um, well, maybe we we do, but only when we're gigging. Yeah, right. Existing repertoire and that feels plenty of practice on stage. Yeah, we don't spend much maybe time break on it down that. for like a vocal rehearsal just to make sure that everything's yeah, tightened up. Or, or if something you know, sometimes a song we have played for a long time, um, all of a sudden the structure gets lost. You yeah. ever had that happen? Like, yeah, you kind of like you're like, all right, so we are we're doing the members only version of this song, and that's not what we we should be doing, you know, we need to kind of go back. Um, there's a couple of songs that we do that are kind of like that. Um, where we do a version of boys of summer. That's half of the Don Henley version and half of the Atari's version. Mm. And that's one of those. We probably do need to sit down and actually re-rehearse and make sure that we're doing the parts correctly because we've kind of gotten accustomed to doing it a certain way. But I'm like, every time we do it, I'm like, this isn't quite right. And I don't, I don't know if anybody else cares, but no, that's, that's exactly the thing. And, and sometimes there've been a couple of songs we've done that, um, it, we got so good at that we were on autopilot doing them. And then we all looked at each other and realized we didn't know them anymore. Like the, the structure that we worked so hard to practice and learn, like we took, we were able to take our attention so far off it that it didn't, we didn't have it anymore. And we had yeah. to go back and re, like, re put it together. Um, 
only pretty complex songs have, have, have that ever happened to us. But apart from that, you know, unless something's going wrong with them on stage, we don't touch them again in the practice room. The practice room's all about new material. Yep. Keeping it fresh. Yeah. And that is because you do. Yeah. And you do need to kind of have opportunities to kind of work new stuff in and, and have an opportunity to work through stuff. Um, you know, we don't always do that when you're playing to tracks, you don't really have to worry about a lot of those things. Um, because you know where things are going and you know how it's going to start and stop and you know where the where the beats are and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, but when you do have an opportunity to kind of work through stuff, you can come up with fun stops. You can come up with cool moments that are not necessarily on the record that can sure. be interesting. Totally. So Totally. And in relation to that, the last question, uh, which we will wrap up on, is arrangement choices, options when songs fade out on recorded version. Right, you, got three uh, versions. For, you got three options. Yeah. You got three options. Fade out. That's not one. You can't fade out a lot of oh, bands. No, yes, you You could. Uh, All right, you could. If you're not going to, you got three options. You can stop on the button, right? Everybody yep. goes bam and ends. You got the big rock ending, right? And you got the cha-cha-cha. Okay. I'm going to go with a completely different approach. Okay. Here we go. Well, first, um, first, first. Do you do any cha-cha-chas? No. I want to. We currently don't, but I really want to do at least one. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, when uh, when I was when I was playing with Yacht Rock, they would cha 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 the end of um, Escape. Oh, nice! So it writes a me and Escape. Bow down, don't cha cha cha. Perfect. But then they Perfect. would do they would do like three or four cha cha chas with like drum fills in the middle. So it'd be like cha cha cha, cha cha cha, Cha-cha-cha, like really obnoxiously. It. I love it. Um, so um, besides fading out, which <laughs> I think I think every band should try because it's funny um, just to do it. Uh, I would say uh, check the live version because every song has a live version. Sure. Uh, see what they do. Um, or again, in our case, we play to tracks, and most of those tracks have endings, even if they do mm-hmm. fade out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always like the choice of endings. Um, there's a couple of songs where I redid the ending because I thought that we could do it better. Um, just be willing to try stuff. Sure. Um, but I would say if you're really curious about it and you don't have any frame of reference, check the live version. There's always a cool way to end something. And it's always a cha-cha-cha. Yes. That's our challenge for you this week. Um, add a cha-cha-cha ending to do a song do it. in your set. Oh, do it. Do it. Take a video of it and submit it to us. <laughs> tag us at Cover Band Confidential yep, yep. on Hashtag Instagram. Hashtag cha-cha-cha. Yep. I'm, I'm here for it. Me too. All right. I think we covered a lot of ground today. Me too. Well done. So, guys, thanks for your continued support. Um, if you have more, any if you have any questions, uh, email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com or hit us up on the all new coverbandconfidential.com where this episode, among with all of our other episodes and blog posts, are posted. Um, there is some sort of uh, setup for uh, a mailing list, which we have no reason to use right this moment, um, and some other contact options. But, you know, we're just trying to play the angles. Um, and that's what we're here for. So, thanks again. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Thanks for doing stuff and playing music and doing stuff with us. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Wright. 
You have been listening to the very technically adept Cover Band Confidential podcast. <laughs> have a great week.